0: Hugh Hefner, a true American icon, created an empire that was unrivaled. Although some of his bunnies may have gone rogue, it's because of the love and respect that we received from the man behind it all. The Rogue Bunny's mission is simple. 100 playmates taking control of their valuable IP, while honoring Hef's iconic Playboy style and bringing that experience to our collectors. Like only we know how. Because after all, we did learn from the best. Relive the stories from the most prominent celebrity home in history. From those of us that lived it. The employees that worked it. And the guests who loved it. And
1: the the mayhem continues. Security, security. (laughs) Uh, I think that kind of tells you the kind of show that we're going to be having. Who do we run into? Another family member. Nope, he doesn't have a layout. Though, if he did, I think you just said you would do full bush. Full bush. <laughs> full on. The one and only Kim Garrett. Personal security for, for the boss back in the day.
2: Yes, sir. Welcome Good to time. Rogue Bunnies,
1: man. Thank I'm you. I'm so
2: sorry. I want to apologize for my co-host asking you about your pubic hair. Um, <laughs> hey, when you sit on this couch, everything is, you know, it's when did, when it's did that? There. When
1: did
3: that all start? Was it like late 90s? Well, you know, my when,
0: year, when I shot my centerfold, I was told by Alexis Vogel, who was the makeup artist, she said, if you don't grow your hair out, they're going to glue it on. So What? Yeah, like, because glue they it on. glue on pubic hair because they didn't want, and I talked to Marilyn, I said, Marilyn, I don't know if I'm going to have time for this, and I don't want to glue on a fake hair or whatever. It's going to be really, you know, like, it's going to affect my taking the pictures.
2: Now, I, I think that's called a merkin. Oh. Not a toupee, but a merkin. A merkin. <laughs> I don't think the gluing on would be the bad part. It's ungluing. Yeah, the would be ungluing, right? Would be the bad yeah. Part. yeah.
0: So oh. I talked her into letting me keep it. So I was, I was told. I don't know if it's true. The first playmate with the landing strip. Really? Allegedly, I'd have to go back. We we will have to look in the book.
2: Well, we went. We I'm going to excuse myself and do some research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had. So obviously, for for
1: decades eons the full bush was what was going on oh yeah then the landing strip came out you know yep. grooming trimming came on and then the landing strip all of a sudden disappeared yeah oh no
0: and then there was years where there was nothing
1: yes mm-hmm. exactly. and, and it, it was
0: like every girl for like three years not one girl had a stitch of hair down there and i was like okay i guess this is the new fad
1: was it a fad that you were into like you're like going hey because it's a lot of upkeep uh, not if you wax. Ooh, I, uh, uh, see, it sounds different for a guy. The whole yeah, waxing process. Yeah, well,
0: no, process. it is. It is. It is. It can get painful, but <laughs> then you don't have to like deal with anything for a month practically.
3: See, I have a problem with it because I'm old school. You know, I'm an old cat, and I come from the old days where a woman had pubic hair. If I looked down there and there wasn't no pubic hair, I'd be like, let me see your driver's license because you're over 18, you know what I'm saying? I understand.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, it was a thing, but someone must have liked it if it was so friggin' popular.
1: You know, I, I, I'm glad that you brought up about the driver's license, right? Are they over 18? So, you're one that can clarify. Nobody came up to the mansion if they were underage other than a family event like Easter.
0: Well, dinner or something. Yeah, yeah. Dinner, dinner like that.
1: You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, your daughter would come up for dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? But sometimes people get these weird ideas in their head of like, you know, as if like there was this crazy frolicking expose of... Underage women and I'm like that never happened. No. Not on zero. My,
3: not on my zero, watch, brother. I will tell you. I mean,
1: you can attest to that. Uh, you know what, what? What every person had to go through. There was like,
3: you know, as security, exactly. You had to it was vet everyone like, that came.
0: Don't up they have to. to be 21?
3: And they, it was like a background that they went through Thank before you. See, they I want were people able to, hear to come this. to the party. This is party. the truth. Yeah, this stuff about oh yeah, fourteen year olds were on, that no 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 well, no like no, all no. the
1: BS that came out with like Cosby
3: right exactly and
1: I'm like I was wait a minute I think you and I Kim talked about this I'm like dude there's security logs do people understand you can't make up lies about the mansion because they everything is documented, documented. Yeah. it's
3: funny I was just talking to a young lady over here a minute ago I said or a gentleman that was with Ava you know we were talking I said I got pulled into the Cosby thing because of being security his attorneys got a hold of me and, you know, they were asking questions and I started bringing up things about the log and they're like, can you prove that? Well, they don't realize I collect everything and you know that. Oh, Everybody's yeah. on my oh, Facebook yeah. knows all the stuff that I collect. I have logs from the mansion. I, you know, I kept them. And they, some of the stuff, if we would do a report or something and it got logged, I would keep a copy of it just in case something came up later on. Well, when this came up and he's like, I said, well, Nothing happens on those grounds that does not go documented into the computer. Amen. He goes, well, can you prove that? Give me your fax number. And I faxed him a log, and he's like, wow. I said, yeah. I said, and as far as this accusation that Mr. Hefner told Mr. Cosby to go up to the room, I said, time out. I said, for as much as we know, the Playboy Mansion... Belong to Hef. The lady that ran that place was Mary O'Connor. Oh, yep. yeah. And nothing happened without Mary's knowledge. Hef wasn't able to give people authorization to stay in a room. That went through Mary O'Connor, and then it came directly to us in security. And we opened a locked door, documented it in the computer that so and so went into the room, whether it's one person or two person. Everybody's name goes into that computer. When they come out of that room. I didn't even know
1: that. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
3: yeah. Oh it
1: gets even better.
3: And when you they go. come out of that room, we document that it goes in the computer. Every person that drives onto that mansion. Yeah, I knew that. They yeah. were documented and everybody in their car was also documented. Right. They're like, wow. I said, so for this individual to make these accusations that she went up to a room and Mr. Hefner gave Mr. Cosby a key to open the door. Bullshit. That didn't happen. Right. I or my contemporaries in there held the keys in a locked safe in our security office. When that door was to be opened, we retrieved the key, unlocked the door, let a person in, documented it in a computer, boom. they are like, wow. I said I said my wife has been to a number of parties up there. I can go back and find the the log, the day, the time, the party she went, and her name will be on that log right. when she entered the, onto the property and when she exited the property.
1: And it went a next step. In the butler's pantry, they had the black book. book. It was a physical black book, big, huge, giant black book that we put together. At the top, you would see, of course, the date, and then it had the multiple rooms, okay? All the rooms throughout the mansion. Every person that stayed there were written in. So security would then call to the butler's pantry and then say, all right, so and so staying in bedroom three. You write that in. The time, the initial of the butler putting it in, everything was documented, what the boss ate, who came on the grounds, when they left the grounds. You know, so-and-so's on property, so-and-so's off property. 100%. Everything, every meeting, any just tour someone came out with a tour every list of everything and so when you hear these false rumors you know i just go how can they even think that they're going to get away with this when this was the most secure place i think it'd be more secure as we're finding out than like say you know white house officials
3: (laughs) that don't have (laughs) laws paperwork in there you
1: know what i mean you can't you can't have said that you ever were at the mansion without knowing that there's document
3: yeah if you were not and
0: not only that there's cameras everywhere right and there's times i've been in like the game room and it's late at night and someone would uh, one time someone came up to me and i i was kind of backing up and security came in and they said are you okay and i'm like oh yeah you know they are watching every move that's happening on there so it'd be really hard to get away with something
2: it's probably (laughs) the most documented private residence in america more so than the white house i yeah, would say i would say that really? i would agree oh, with that. yes 100 yeah. percent. oh wow we're going to take a quick break and come back to this we are rogue bunnies mayhem
0: hey guys this is raquel pomplum playmate of the year 2013 and gold genesis rogue bunny with exciting news have you ever wondered what the mansion parties were like well we have the next best thing. In Vegas, baby! Purchase passes to our Rogue Bunnies Mansion 2.0 party in the Verona Sky Villa at the West Gate on September 14th. You'll mix and mingle with me and 15 gorgeous Rogue Bunnies. Enjoy food, drinks, and music in an epic setting. Just visit mansion.roguebunnies.com to secure a pass before it's too late. See you in Vegas! Welcome to the Metaverse! Hi, I'm Brandy Roderick and you're listening to Rogue Bunny's Mayhem. Who got all those logs?
3: They're somewhere. I'm quite sure they're somewhere. Well, I
0: guess if they moved a computer then that's Well
3: see the log that he's talking about was the backup, so if something happened to the computer and we lost information you had they had a physical, hard copy hard copy of all we that had information.
1: One place that was willing to make these for us, they were in Santa Monica. And I'd have to go, and they would bind them and everything—the mm-hmm. whole thing—and everything had our thing, and everything with our. Bed oh, it had all and, the
0: information. Yeah, and, everything oh. was
1: printed. Each page, everything was written in there. That every manager, like when we would come into work, that's the first place you went. You said hi to security. You walked in, even probably before you started settling your desk. You walked to the butler's pantry, and boom—that's what I'm looking. Okay, what happened last night? Who's staying here? I need to know what's going on. Everything. What did what did the boss have for dinner last night? Exactly. Which was a great clue because there was a certain meal that if he ate it, he's not feeling too good. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. You're like going, oh, oh, he ordered that yep. last night? Okay, boss ain't feeling too yep. good. You could tell moods. You could tell things by everything written in that, in that book, and you knew how to... Plan for your day. That's so cool. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
3: 100%. And like I said, documentation. I mean, that was like Brian just said, that was everybody. Staff that walked on there when they came on, when they went off, and they're there every day, but it went in the log every single day. Every time that limo left the lot with the boss in it, it was documented when he left, who was with him, and what. Items of food were in the limo to make sure that it was complete for the boss. I mean everything on there was documented. Well
1: here's it is I'm glad you brought up about the food. Even the food. Every meal that was ever made, you had documentation of who prepared prepared it. Oh who served it.
0: I guess okay. that takes away any uh, if anything happens exactly. right. we know. If anything we're, the were to
1: happen and let's say someone needed to go to an emergency room, we could grab the book, security could grab the book, take it with them, and go right to the go, okay. This is what was it? Is it a is it something in an ailment related to food? We know exactly who made it, we know exactly who served it, and then we can backtrack from there where did foods come from, like as we would bring in like big vendors and come mm-hmm. everything yeah. was documented.
3: Insane. It was great. I mean, I was in law enforcement for over 20 years, and we document a lot of stuff in law enforcement.
1: Yeah,
0: they do. Playboy
3: Mansion documented probably three times the amount of stuff that we document in law enforcement. It was so easy for us, like Brian says, to be able to follow a path or a trail if something came up. You could go right there, and you wouldn't even really have to delve too deep into stuff because it's right there. Oh, I need to go talk to Brian because Brian was here at this time and did this. Now, I don't have to try to go, hey, Victoria, did you happen to see so-and-so over there? I I could look at that log and go, boom, I need to talk to Brian.
0: Why would you you think this, what was the biggest point of creating this system, do you think, just a a protective standpoint? From a law
3: enforcement perspective, Mr. Hefner was a very smart individual. Yeah, 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 he was. And that is what smart people do because they know that they're under scrutiny and suspicion and all this stuff just being who they are right so when you put me under suspicion under scrutiny and you say well this hey, that's fine you can say what you want but this book these logs speak for themselves yeah yeah so I think that was something that I'm quite sure he had the same concept in Chicago years ago the technology wasn't what it yeah it was it. all handwritten it was all handwritten yeah, then but I, I guarantee you because knowing the boss and listening to him talk to students and stuff his thought concept was developed way back when and this was just a carryover of that concept that he has always held to, you know in his business aspect Sm- very smart man I mean I I document a lot of stuff but. I document more now and I'm not even in a position that the boss is in but it's good to have those things because if anybody ever questions anything about you it's like hey here you go
1: you know I learned a, a lot from both my father as well as the boss my father told me growing up saying always document mm-hmm. always have a paper trail there should always anything you do and then once we went into the world of emails mm-hmm. I prefer to do emails I always people want yeah, to do kind of like some text up. with me yeah. and stuff I'm yeah, like email. send me an email send me an email on that And I think it's growing through this world Mm -hmm. that we recognize how valuable that is. Exactly. I'm sure, Scott, like for your business, right, you know, with broadcast uh, support, you know, people says, hey, this thing happened or that, and you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, you can go back into
2: documentation. Well, well, absolutely. Behave in an ethical manner and document the hell out of that. Absolutely. Because when it comes to uh, any kind of contest or litigation, often it boils down to whoever has documented has better. Some documentation, exactly.
0: even if it's a exactly. scribble in a calendar.
2: Exactly. It's coming yep. down to that. Whoever yeah, documents yeah. better wins. 100%. What, what,
0: yeah. do you, what do you think about between the logs and Heff's scrapbook, you could almost do a oh. play-by-play of oh, his life. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. Is
1: everything at UCLA now? Do you, does anyone know for sure? I don't sure? know
0: what happened to the archives. Yeah, I, I mean, know.
1: all of his scrapbooks, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. the boss documented every everything. single day every everything. picture of every guest that came up was taking pictures with him I mean and you don't know where the ar- You don't know where those went we used to have like these uh calendars for every day of what was happening at what time meetings who was coming out all these. yeah it was the most insane of documentation yep. that has to be at UCLA I'm imagining if not in oh well there's the HMH foundation maybe maybe yeah. they are oh it
0: they must yeah, have it that might be where it's at yeah
3: but you're oh. right. He documented every news article, every television spot that popped on and mentioned anything about Playboy or Hefner. It was put into his scrapbook. I mean, like and I And the
0: scrapbook, start, he started it uh, as a teenager. As a, as a child, 17, yeah. 18 or something. He, he
3: did a cartoon. Yeah. He, he was, was an artist. Goo, goo
1: Hefner, yeah. I think it was, yep. was the character. So cute. You know. Yep. So the boss, like we were talking about, being very meticulous, documentation, expecting things to be a certain way, you got to travel with him. We had security that was at the mansion, mm-hmm. okay, so people understand. That's what they would do. Their job was to make sure that everything was secure at the mansion. There were the very few, very few, picked out to be his entourage. You were yes. the ones that were there, his detail. Yes. Uh, maybe I use the wrong word, his detail, you know, that, to, that's to correct. take care that's of correct
3: word. You and don't. you <laughs> would go and pre-check places out. What was that like for you? Like any, Anything you can recall? You know, it's very interesting Yeah, something that always really stands out in my mind is, is like you said, we were his detail. I mean, I even had one step more because I was also an EMT at the time, so I was there. I carried the AED and the oxygen and all of his medical records in my pocket wherever we went. But the thing that really stands out to me the most is, like we said earlier, the boss was such a meticulous creature of habit that if he would take out a host of the the playmates or other young ladies to a restaurant anywhere in the city of Los Angeles, I would go, if we were going to show up at the restaurant with him and his entourage at, say, 7 o'clock, I would go there about 3 in the afternoon, whatever the restaurant was. I would meet with the head chef. I would have all of his food.
0: I was going to ask <laughs> about the food. With a
3: list of how it should be prepared. We're and talking what, about the lamb chops, right? The lamb chops, exactly. <laughs> the peas, you know. The le peas. The
1: sure le peas. The petite. Yes.
3: And I would present this to the head chef at whatever, re- I mean, and we're talking.
0: Did, they, did any chef ever go, uh, excuse
3: me? Never. And uh, that was, that. I actually had one time happen. You had one? I never Remember had one. Remember
1: Bridget's Beaches? Mm-hmm. Okay, when Bridget was doing the show oh, Bridget's yeah. Beaches. We had, they were doing it at Moon Shadows.
2: Uh, yes. in, in In Malibu. In Malibu.
1: And I had to go ahead to send the the meal. Security was busy uh, getting things set. So I said, I'll go ahead because I had to go there anyway to help decorate and get things set up for the show. So I get there and I go to the chef. He was not happy. He was not, he threw a fit. I brought it in to go here. Here's the lamb chops Here's What's wrong with my food? Yeah, Why that's can't what me? I and was go, wondering, yeah. Look, don't take it personal, man. It's not about you. He doesn't know who you are. It's just he knows what he likes. So what's the big deal? Here, just make it like this, dude. Oh, so and he went off. Apparently, got into a fight with the management. Wow. You Wait, who did?
3: The, the head and chef. And he freaking the left.
1: The head, the head chef. He freaking left. They brought someone else in to cook it. He refused. See, oh. I would, I've gone I'm on thinking, Who cares?
0: Who cares? What well, he care? an, he had an ego.
1: That's all. I, I know, but d- come on, we all know. The boss is going there for one reason and one reason mm-hmm. only. He's there to support Bridget. Exactly. Do this show. He's going in, and he wants to eat what he wants to eat. Yeah. He's not going to sit there going, oh, my gosh, this meal was amazing. Who's the chef? Bring mm-hmm. him out. He's not there for that. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes people are hoping for that validation, well, and then they it, get all pissed. If the
2: chef had been smart, he would have prepared Heff's meal the way he wanted and, and also made his own interpretation of it mm-hmm. and maybe offered that as well.
0: Yeah, that's actually yeah. not a bad idea. Although, to
2: answer your question which was
0: did he ever order never while i
3: was with him it was always whatever we took and i went on a number of them and i never had a single incident like that thank god but it was very knowing and having a little bit of a background in that business as well it's truly unheard of that a kitchen will let outside goods come in to be prepared in their facility. You know, sometimes I think it has to do with health code violations and things like that. But Well, it
0: wouldn't fly now.
3: Oh, no, not now because of the pandemic and all the other stuff. But I think because of who the boss was and the impact that he had globally and specifically in the Los Angeles area, none of the people I ever dealt with, none of the chefs ever pushed back at all. They all took it said, We'll see you at 7 o'clock.
0: And, and I, I don't know if you answered this question, but did he ever, or you too, Brian, did he ever send his food back that they prepared for him?
3: Never. Or did w- he ever
0: complain like, oh, my God, this sucks and I
3: can't eat this? Never when I was with him. And, again, I think that, you know, he may not have liked it, but being the consummate professional that he yeah. was, yeah, he, yeah. he would, uh, you know, he was there, like Brian said earlier, when he was there with, a host of people. He was there in support, truly, of those individuals. So I don't ever think he would have made a scene that would have brought any kind of negativeness toward the party that was there. If he didn't like it, he may not have. It. He may have just not eaten it. But it was never made aware to us that hey, this stuff is terrible. Let the kitchen know. And I don't know if Brian, maybe you had it. Never heard of yeah.
1: doing a complaint. But I, I agree with you, as a gentleman. You know what? If he didn't like something, he just won't eat it.
3: Yeah.
0: We never see him eat at the mansion. Nope. Except on Thanksgiving or Christmas with Correct. the turkey leg.
1: And it was more or the, more or less the turkey leg shot. It was always it was the turkey <laughs> leg.
0: And that was the only thing I've ever seen him really eat besides cake. His birthday cake. Correct. Right? Correct. So when he goes out to dinner to a restaurant, he actually eats? Yes, he so did. Because you know, like, yeah. he likes to eat yeah. in his room alone. And, True. Right?
3: You know, he would eat with the party that, you know, that he was with. And again, I think it... It all goes down to his being the person he is. At the mansion, yeah, this is my domain. I can kind of do what I kind of want to do. If I want to eat in my room, I'm going to eat in my room. Nobody's going to say anything. But when he's out in public, and he knew that eyes were on him constantly whenever he was there. True. And, you know, if he's there with a host of other people and they're eating, and he would be sitting there, the first question would be the question that came up earlier. What's wrong? Does he not like the food?
0: Oh, yeah. You know,
3: so I think just to alleviate any of those potential situations. You know, he would, I've always saw him sit there and, and eat and...
1: Enjoy himself.
3: Yeah, exactly. What was it
1: like for you, like, being at these clubs? Because you had a dual responsibility. You had to recognize the public that here he was an icon and protect him, making sure people just weren't jumping in into his, like, VIP area. At the same time, making sure that he was accessible... Mm-hmm. Because he wasn't that kind of guy that was, like, you know, put-offish or snobbish. You know, he, he wanted people to know, hey, I'm out. Like he had said, I didn't realize how many people were waiting for me to come back out. What right. was that like for you, out and about? You
3: know, it was... Uh, fortu- or, like,
1: traveling. Like, for- when you go traveling, like, go to con,
3: go to, you know... Exactly. You know, fortunately for me, you know, again, like I said, my background in law enforcement, I had a lot of dignitary protection in the past, and I've dealt with individuals that don't want any contact at all. And then somebody like the boss who he made his fortune. He made who he is based on his contact with people. So myself and the team that we had all understood that. So we knew how much to let people right, right. come in. And we also, you know, we had a great leader. You know, Joe Piastro was a good guy. Oh, God, oh, the, the best. best. Joe Piastro man was so a good much. guy. Yes. Joe had been with the boss since the 70s. Even me coming in there with my law enforcement background, I relied on Joe's knowledge in history of being with Mr. Hefner to kinda lead us as to when we need to tighten things up or when we needed to loosen things up. So that really made it easy for me and my team because my team was comprised predominantly of law enforcement officers and stuff. But Joe, who had been there, knew and he just had that sixth sense. Yeah. you know. Joe was a, a very interesting individual, and he had that sixth sense to know, hey, guys, we might want to like do this over here and kind of keep an eye over there. We played off of him, and by God's grace, it all worked out great.
1: And, and, you're, and let's say he traveled,
3: right? Mm-hmm. When he's out
1: traveling, it's one thing to have the boss be recognized in a club, right? But it's Hollywood, okay? It's yes. Hollywood. You expect to see someone, but now you're in Europe, mm-hmm. and you're walking down the street, especially when filming for the Girls Next Door show.
3: What was that experience like? Those experiences, a lot of people respected the boss, so they didn't like a lot of celebrities, rush him, and you know just overwhelm him with stuff. It was always more cordial, almost asking the question without asking the question. Hey, can I come up and shake his hand? He wasn't big on handshaking and that kind of stuff, you know, but he would converse with people. So the individuals were always respect. It was, it was great because people ask me all the time now when they find out what I did, well, how was it? You know, I said, look, I don't have stories where we had to pick people up and toss them around and We wouldn't have done that anyway, out of respect for him, because not only were we there to protect him, my guys were asset protection people. And that means the entire Playboy family, the entire Playboy company is an asset. So anytime we did something that wasn't right, that asset was on the line. So my guys knew that. So when we would go out, people asked, I said, you know, people were very cordial with him. And I think it was a lot to do with his personality, too. You know, people feed off the energy of celebrities, and his energy was just—he was—he was a calm energy, and it was—it was great. I mean, some of the easiest—I mean, I'd be overwhelmed. I mean, people everywhere, but as far as having to get in people's faces and so, never had to do anything right, like that. Right.
0: Did you ever have to make a choice when girls would approach, go, "She's pretty hot," I'm gonna let her through, or was there other times where, like, "Please stand down, lady," you know, because? that with it. <laughs>
3: I never made that choice and oh. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because I had somebody I could always refer to who was the boss. If the boss saw her and she was looking, I- I'll tell you a quick story on that. But if the boss was looking and he gave me the eye.
0: Okay, you had, little, you had door. a little you had a look.
3: And I'll tell you a quick story from <clears throat> one of the mansion parties. Because we were always in front of his cabana. Yeah, of course. So I was there at one party, and I think it was a boxing party, if I recall correctly. No, it was and there, a was a, yeah. there was a yeah. young lady there, and she wanted to meet Hef. And she was standing in the front. You know, She was like, I'd really like to meet him and get a picture with him, and this and that and the other. And I said, okay. And knowing the boss was a, he loved boxing. That was one of his things he enjoyed. So she was sitting there. She had on a tank top and a pair of boxing gloves round her shoulder over hanging over I said you want to want to get the boss's attention I said step over there take that tank top off just let the boxing gloves hang over as your cover and watch so she goes are you sure I said try try it try it sure enough she did it she stood back there the boss tapped me on the shoulder (laughs) Gemma she can come up and and meet me bingo bingo so I let him make those choices. Isn't that
0: funny? Location, location, location. Anywhere else, that would be sexual harassment. Exactly.
3: <laughs> and the crazy part about that is... And she's we, like,
0: are you sure? I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and the crazy wait. part
3: is we had to go through sexual harassment training at Playboy. Remember that? Yeah. Well, that it's a hilarious. fine line.
0: It's a fine line, yeah. right? I mean...
3: Oh, my God. We
1: could go on and on about that. That was the biggest joke ever. It was freaking hilarious. Well, it's,
0: it's really actually, the only place you could said, go and like well, be relaxed the, the and not worry. People that came and
1: did that, right? Trying to go, well, what were we like? Because we're playing jokes throughout the, the entire time. time. And he goes... You know what? I can't decide whether it's you guys or Vivid <laughs> that was like the worst to have to go and do these at because we just, probably we, Vivid. So yeah, a we, we need to wrap up, Kim. We could talk forever, and I would love to have you come back. I mean, thank we, you, brother. We're going to keep doing this. Uh, yes. You know, we got the big big party. I hope you get to stay in town. I'm going to okay. try to stay in town, brother. And thank you for always protecting the girls. You know, you, hey, you dude. come all the way. For everyone that knows, Kim lives in Arizona. Yep. Okay, Kim comes all the way here. To protect the girls, because, you know, you're protecting the family.
3: There it is. You hit it. I was about to say, it's not just the girls. This is a family. And that was a thing that people didn't realize when they went after Hef, they went after his family. Yeah. And we all stood up and said, eh, no, you don't go after the family, you know, and that's why I come out here, because it's family. If you Aww. could say,
1: as we wrap up, homage to Hef.
3: You could say what
1: you've always wanted to say to him, face to face, mano a mano. What would you want? Is there anything you want to thank him for? Anything you want to say, like, hey, what he made an effect in your life?
3: I'd like to thank him for the opportunity that he gave me. And when I grow up, Hef, I want to be just like you. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Kim, how does everybody follow you? You can find me on Facebook at uh, KD Garrett. And um, I'm on there. G-A-R-R-E-T. G-A-R-R-E-T-T. T-T. Yes. Two T's.
0: Awesome.
1: Thank you, Kim. So great talking to you. Um, I'm Real Mr. Mayhem
2: on Instagram. uh, I'm Victoria
0: Fuller on Twitter on NFT Bunny.
2: Scott. Scott, you can find me at concertzero.com.
1: Nice.
0: Hey, thank
2: you
1: again, Kim. We're going to get back out here, and I just heard the champagne popping, so we've got a new bottle ready to go. Bottles popping. All right, thank you. You've all been listening to Rogue Bunny's Mayhem. And the The Mayhem Mayhem continues. continues. Hey, Mayhem Familia, don't forget to click, like, and subscribe. And tell all your friends.
2: Also, visit us at rbmayhemshow.com. That's rbmayhem, Mayhem, Mayhem spelled M-A-Y-H-E-M, show.com.
0: And I want to give a special thanks to Dapper Labs, Flow, Gig Labs, and also Flowscore. And
1: the Mayhem continues. <laughs>